Hey, welcome to the Intentional Living Center. Today, blended families. We don't talk enough about some of the issues you all face as moms and dads in a blended family, raising those kids, loving those kids, dealing with ex-spouses, dealing with favoritism, dealing with kids that don't get along, and all the things that we know and hear and have helped families deal with over the years. And so we thought we'd uh, do something pretty special today as we're getting close to Christmas. And I wanted to invite one of our good friends, Ron Deal from Family Life Blended. Uh, he dedicated his whole life, his whole ministry to helping, encouraging, teaching, writing, and uh, building up uh, blended families. So we invited him to join us. He'll be with us in a moment. And we're going to talk about how do you handle blended family issues during this Christmas season? Their family, our family, different values, different beliefs, different issues. It can be a real challenge in marriage and family. You know that. Uh, many of you do. And so if you'd like to join in for our comment line, you're welcome to do so on our storyline at 888 And I just want to say, as we're getting closer to the end of this year, thank you so much for those of you who've been praying for us and uh, supporting the ministry and reminding you that your gifts are being matched right now to help us carry on with this mission. We thank you. All right, let's get going here. Uh, Ron, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me back on the program. It's always a joy to be with you. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just open the phone lines. Uh, I know we have some blended families uh, who are listening around the country, and maybe you want to contribute a thought that's helped you during the, the Christmas season or holiday season or stressful time that helps you as a blended family uh, to keep your sanity and to work through the some of the challenges. One thing, we're all about one thing here. What's one thing that's helped you? Give us a call. 888-888-1717. We'll get you plugged in and, and you can join the discussion live today. 888-888-1717 being held for blended families uh, discussion. All right, Ron, you're the expert on this thing, uh, on blended families. Holidays, uh, do the two mix very well? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They can and they can't. It really depends on a number of factors. Let me ask you a question as we dive into this subject. We were just talking off air about COVID. Uh, my yeah. wife and I just had a second bout of that. What if the pandemic, I mean, Randy, what do you think our listeners would do if the pandemic came back with a total resurgence, uh, maybe a different variant, bigger, badder than ever, and all of a sudden we are right back into, you know seclusion and isolation and stay what do you think would be the emotional impact on people uh a great deal of denial i'm not going to cooperate i'm going to be out anyway mm -hmm. because they don't want to go back home and close the door and be with everybody right. else for the next right. uh, six months and at the same time their place of business would shut down That's and right. the neighbors would go you know what's going on with you and there would be this return and resurgence if we could say it that way of stress, maybe some chaos, may, a whole lot of unpredictability, mm -hmm. okay? You have just experienced blended families in the holidays because nine months out of the year, this family was starting to make some inroads with one another. They're building relationship and it, this is a new family experience. If they're 10 or 15 years down the road, they've got lots of connective connectivity with one another. They're, they're happy, you know, for the most part, things are going pretty well for them. And then you come to this season where all of a sudden there is this resurrection of stress and you're not, not sure what to do about it. I, a friend sent me an article just this morning 
that's making the rounds news story about a grandmother who is refusing to put up a stocking over the fireplace mm. for her nine-year-old step-grandson. Now, her son, this grandmother's son, uh, is the stepdad to this nine-year-old, and he's okay with it. He kind of thinks, yeah, mom, I understand why you would think that way. Whatever the reasoning is, I'm okay with that. But his wife, the mother of the nine-year-old, is saying, she didn't put up a stocking. We're not coming to her house yeah. for, for Christmas. That make, I why? understand because that. Yeah. My son walks in and everybody else has got a stocking and yeah. everybody else is having, but there's no place for him. What message does that send to my son? Well, now the man and the wife are arguing and fighting and he takes to the internet to ask people what they think and what he should do. And that's how this new story ended up <laughs> in my lap. That is a resurgence of the pandemic, if you will. That is, mm -hmm. we, we were kind of grooving, we were going along and all of a sudden there's something about the holidays, the tradition, the value, the the import that we place on traditions like stockings and all of a sudden somebody feels like an outsider somebody feels a divided line between mm -hmm. the family of those who are in and those who are out and now we're hurt we're angry and we're in conflict yeah I wonder it doesn't what, take much to no. just resurge all of that stuff oh that's right i could see a missing stocking on that um that boy he would be pretty upset i could understand that yeah that's very interesting absolutely absolutely so the point is um, normal life we can kind of get through, but then come the traditions and the holidays and sort of the magic that we that we place on family time, etc. And now all of these little dividing lines, all these little hurt feelings. The uh, I, I, I'm not quite an insider yet. I, I feel like an outsider still, and you're treating me differently than other people. Like all of that yeah. stuff gets magnified. And now we're sort of set back a bit and we're trying to figure out there's a lack, lack of predictability. There's a lack of trust and all the little things just sort of got turned into big things. Let's use that as a case study for a minute. By the way, you're welcome to join me. Maybe you have a comment on that or one thing that's helping you as a blended family that's working or a question you have for Ron Deal from uh, Family Life Blended today. Uh, give me a call, 888 1717 Phone lines open to you, 888 all right, Grandma says no stocking uh, for my son's uh, stepson, right? Yeah, I'm not going to put it up. Gr gr grandson, right? I'm not going to put it up. Uh, she has her reasons for whatever. Um, her son says, "Well, I'm I'm kind of fine with it, but my wife is having a fit." Mm -hmm. Wh where did this all go wrong? What what if you were sitting in the middle of that uh, family mm -hmm. and you were trying to sort through it, short of saying, Grandma? You know, buck up and put the stocking up there. What what would you yes. say to the to this? Because it seems to me that the the hub of this thing is is the son uh, in this yeah. family. Let, what would you say? Well, first of all, I'd kind of go around the circle and let's just look at it from everybody's point of view. Right now, everybody's thinking bad things about grandma, so let's start with her. <laughs> She's gonna um, get run over world, by a grain, reindeer here. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is, how does this make sense for her? Well, you can imagine her going well. You know, this young man is new to me, and I don't really know him, and he doesn't know me. We don't have a great relationship. My uh, step-grandson, uh, we're working on it, but I just don't feel like he's kind of, you know, family yet. So, all the other stockings have something, a deep meaning and a relationship attached to it. So, it just doesn't feel like that's there. And, oh, by the way, my other biological grandchildren have kind of let me know they would be a little offended if all of a sudden the new kid in town just mm. gets placed right up there alongside us. So I'm kind of guarding their feelings and I'm I'm looking out for what is rather than worried about what might be. 
And I'm just not sure. Now, that sort of um, restrictive thinking is one of the things that's hurtful in blended families. Instead of people opening themselves up to new connections, new relationships, and saying, you know what? God gives us enough love for everybody. Me loving this nine-year-old over here is not going to take anything away from a relationship that I have with my other grandchildren. Um, instead of having that sort of viewpoint, to have a, you know, a, a pessimistic viewpoint, a restrictive, like somehow I got to take away from you to gift over here. That's not true. That is not true. My first thought, Randy, when I heard this story was, huh, Christmas time, there's no room at the inn. <laughs> <laughs> Some things mm-hmm. never change, right? I mean, yeah. no, let's open up our hearts to the, to the world and say, God gives us more than enough love. But what, to, is, to what, is, she, people, what is the grandma, people. what about the, gr- the grandma's thinking though, but my, my uh, grand, other grandchildren have kind of given me the feedback that they haven't accepted this nine-year-old yet, and uh-huh. uh, I'm really concerned that they're going to be threatened by this. I'm okay with it. I mean, I want to have the big picture and the, the big open arms, but if I do it or I don't do it, I'm between a rock and a hard place. I can't yes. make everybody happy with this deal, and so I'm just choosing encourage- this. What, what, do you, what does she do, or what do they do? I would encourage Grandma to look at those other grandchildren and maybe some of her other adult children who are still sort of you know feeling out of sorts about all of this. And for her to do it, have a little teachable moment and say, hey, guys, look, uh, it's okay. We want to welcome everybody to this mm-hmm. family. New people, old people, everybody matters. Everybody has value. The Savior has come. We are celebrating Him in Christmas time. And guess what? He was open to outsiders all the time. Let's be like that. We're going to put a stocking up for this young man. And no, he doesn't really know his place yet in this family. We still don't haven't, haven't figured out all these relationships. They're new to us. But this is how we start, by welcoming. Welcoming is the way it begins. We don't wait until we have this great, wonderful relationship. Everything's worked out, lots of history, before we put up a stocking. We're going to do it right from the start. And oh, by the way, I think that's what we did when we put up your stocking as a new baby. You know, we really didn't know you either. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yet we welcomed you into the family. And so we're going to do that with this young man. Now, Randy, the other side of this whole scenario, I think, is the son, the adult son yeah. who is the stepdad. Uh, he's in that rock and hard place that a lot of people find themselves in in a, biologi- in, a, in a blended family situation where one side is saying, no, 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 and the other side saying, yes, yes, yes. But for him, you know, I would want him to, to choose his wife yeah. to say, this is a leave and cleave moment. Uh, Mom, I love you, but I'm not sure you're handling this right. I want you to put up a stocking for my stepson. Let's make him feel included. That would be the choice that would side with his wife, his new covenant relationship with her, and uh, invite everybody else to figure out how they're going to be okay with his new family as it is. Now, let me just back up a second, because it could be that maybe, you know, this adult young man, um, stepdad has made some choices in the past that other people don't approve of. And maybe some of those mm. choices brought about this blended family. And so there's a history here where people go, you know, we, we just can't be okay with everything you've done. And therefore, we're going to sort of boycott your new family. That is something I see, Randy, in Christian families. And I just, I, I think we got to be candid about that. That is not a forgiving spirit. That is not somebody, it's sort of like we're going to punish you for whatever choices you may have made in the past that brought about this family circumstance, and we're going to punish those other innocent people that came along with you. 
And I just don't think that's the way we should approach it. Yes, maybe there's some accountability. Yes, on some level, we're still calling him as an adult man up to following Jesus with surrender, total surrender in his life. But no, we don't use family occasions to somehow punish or make a point. I think that just wraps Mm -hmm. in our hurt and animosity is dictating how we handle that situation. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Let me go to Jenny in Kansas. Jenny, how you doing today? Hey, a little emotional. <laughs> a little emotional? What, did we set off some emotions with this? Yeah, um, just the previous story even, too. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. go right ahead. What, mm-hmm. What's going on? Um, so my husband's daughter, my stepdaughter, hasn't wanted to be in our lives the past two years. Mm-hmm. And it happened wow. right after Christmas. Um, and Christmas was great and everything was great before then and uh, so it's really hard on us as a family and it's really hard on my husband and I don't mm. know Do you know what happened? To, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to say anything bad about anybody else but I think there's yeah. um, like okay. a problem about seeing what we have as a family um, you know we bought a new house and we have a new baby and and he's mm. doing so much better in his life than he used to be. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so oh, that's yeah. hard Jenny, on that other is, people, which Jenny, I understand. That is, so, that is so, so difficult. How old is your stepdaughter? Um, well, she was 16 when it happened, so I think she's 18 now. And yeah, her birthday was just a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Man, it's um, so difficult. I know your heart breaks and here you coming up on Christmas again, another special time and you really want to be with her. And of course it doesn't look like you can be. And this reminds you of when it all shook down a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. I'm not, I don't know the specifics of your circumstance, but I can imagine lots of people I talked to. In fact, I just had a conversation with a woman just this last week who is in a very similar situation and hasn't seen her child in some period of time. Sometimes there's an influence on the other side of the family, the other household, that, that, that's sort of getting inside yeah. the heart and mind of the child. Sometimes there's right. been something that happened in the past that the, the child is sort of just coming to on their own. They're just finally realizing the way things happened back in the day when the divorce occurred yep. or whatever it was. And uh, you know, all of that, yeah. And, uh, and really, I mean, the situation is because the child has a choice of where they are with their time, um, they they have the ability to withdraw and stay away. My encouragement to you and your husband is it, it is a delicate thing to pursue in a situation like this, and you have to gauge what that means. It could just be a soft touch through text, even though you never get a reply. But mm-hmm. the little message you're giving her is we haven't gone away. We still love you. Mm-hmm. We're not done. We're not writing you off. Because my experience is, and I can't promise you this, Jenny, I wish I could, but my experience is eventually kids open themselves back up again. If, if, if If we're using pandemic language here, she closed and you keep waiting for her to open again and you just never know when that's going to happen. And so you just sort of have to keep 
staying close enough that when she reopens, it will not be hard for her to find you. Much like our father when as he pursues us in life. He has been keeping that line of communication open and even Mm -hmm. offered therapy several times. So Mm -hmm. we just keep praying that eventually something will change because everything was great at our wedding. And when we announced we were pregnant and she's never met my daughter. Mm -hmm. So, so sorry. Well, Jenny, I hear the, I hear the pain in your heart and, and, um, you know, I think it, it raises a a point, um, Ron, about, Two families comparing how that can happen. Secondly, a sixteen-year-old, yes. the emotions are there. Sixteen years old, and yes, right, and stuff going on in her life, and then it's easy for a, a parent. It'd be easy for Jenny to personalize that I did something wrong when it could mm-hmm. be just something that the sixteen or seventeen-year-old is going through in her own life. She's got to sort through. Yeah. Uh, and the idea of leaving that door open is is a powerful thing because it'd be easy to take it personal and then respond in a negative, uh, you know, put up a wall on your side and then it's over. Yeah. Part of the struggle in a situation like this is there's, there's so many unknowns that we're just really not sure what to do, what approach to take, how to respond. And so for them to just gently pursue, and again, can't aggressively pursue. I, yeah. I find that that'll chase a child further away, but gently pursue, I think, is the approach to take. One other quick little observation that may be going on under the surface here. We talk a lot about earthquakes and aftershocks when it comes to blended families. Like anytime you've been through a a massive earthquake in your life, a death of a parent, divorce of a family, adjustment to single parent home, you know, financial change and loss and new friends and old friends and having to go to a new church because of having to move. And then that happens over again when a new blended family takes place, mom or dad or both recouple. And so lots of transition for children. Every one of those is a little aftershock that followed the giant earthquake that started the whole thing. So this could be, while it's a happy moment for Jenny and her husband, having a new baby, new family, new house, it can be an aftershock for a child who feels like somehow I get lost in this mix. Mm-hmm. Somehow um, things happen and I'm no longer, you know, as as connected as I wish I was. And so any any time you have an opportunity to speak to that loss, to acknowledge that, it might just come in the form of, hey, just want you to know, I, I see how hard all of this has been for you. That little comment just says to the child, I see your hurt. I see your pain. You're not forgotten. Yeah, or here. You can tell more, share more of that with me if you want to. Not sure that's uh, part of the variables here, but it very well could be. That's a good, good insight, uh, Ron. You know, we were just talking about COVID a little bit earlier, and some people have very little uh, reaction to it. They get through it quickly, and mm-hmm. others can be sick for a long time and have right. after COVID uh, issues. Um, and that can be true in a blended family. Some people can go through the process, seems like, in a quicker way, and here yes. you're still feeling stuck and sort of sick and hurt, and they're forgetting about it, and they're moving on. And yep. like you said, uh, just acknowledging, hey, you're still not there. That's okay. We love you. Uh, we, f- we hear your pain and, and we're here for you is acknowledging that it's okay. It's okay to be there. Yes, sir. Barbara uh, is going to join us here from Michigan. Hi, Barbara. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Appreciate your call. What uh, What's your comment today? 
<clears throat> my comment is if you date somebody that has children and then you decide to get married, you take them as a package. You love the children just as much as you love the person. If mm -hmm. you cannot love their children, you have no business getting married to them. Mm. It is not stepbrother or stepsister. It is either your brother or your sister. God does not see us as stepchildren. We are in his family, mm -hmm. which means there's no step. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that to me is a bad word. Um, it's not the children's fault because their parents didn't stay together and nobody has the right to punish them because they are not biologically their children's mm -hmm. child. No, I agree. That's I agree with you. What do you think about that? The, the term step family. I know you use blended. Um, yeah. What terminology uh, matters on it? It, it does. It really does. Uh, I love Barbara's heart and I love her attitude. I wish more people had that heart to say, no, you marry the package, you're going to love everybody. Sometimes you got to figure out how to like them, <laughs> you know, because, mm -hmm. but absolutely you give your heart to them and you want to do that. Um, the terminology matters simply because people have, you know, loyalty. You say, all of us have one mom, one dad that we put in a special place in our heart and, um, nobody's ever going to remove them out of that place. So sometimes it's just problematic for people to say, you're my mom or you're my son or my daughter, just because they feel like, oh, you're sort of pushing somebody out of that spot when you try to step in stepmother as my mom. Well, I only have one mom. So it just creates a bit of an internal conflict that can be difficult. So one of the things we suggest to families is have a conversation about what you're going to call each other. Agree, co-create is the word I use. Co-create a language that everybody feels comfortable with. It could be that you, you keep the heart that Barbara is, is representing here. You want to love your stepchildren just like your children. And yet, you also want to honor the mom in their heart. If you're the stepmother, you never want to make them feel like you're competing with their mother for that spot in their heart. And so you ask them, what would you be comfortable me calling you? When I introduce you in public or at church or with a friend or a neighbor, what do you want me to call you? And oh, by the way, let's talk about what you feel comfortable calling me. And you co-create that reality for today. And over time, the labels will change as the relationship grows and develops. But the heart that Barbara's talking about, the love is always there, no matter what terms you use. Without a goal, we end up doing what we call here as an unintentional life. And you can tell if you're living unintentionally because you tend to feel weary, overwhelmed, frustrated at the end of the day. And if you're experiencing those kinds of feelings, one of the things I really recommend is we establish a goal. Yeah, that's an excerpt from the teaching that has gone out to our monthly members, our family of Intentional Living supporters. And I'm wrapping up this year focusing on intentional living in your own personal development, spiritual, personal life. And I'm talking about developing the right kind of goals and then learning to really communicate the power of communication. I have discovered you can be brilliant. And I know a lot of brilliant people who are poor communicators and it really limits their success and their impact in life. 
On the other hand, I know people who maybe are less gifted in some areas, but they're gifted with communication, and that makes all the difference. And so we really bring together two of these powerful principles of intentional living, setting the right kind of goals that honor God, move us in the right direction, then learning to communicate. And so members, two things. One is, if you're a member, we need your additional help here. We're a little bit behind where we need to be to close out the year to be right on target with the needs being met. And so pray about an an additional 13th month. You've been faithful every month. Could you give an extra gift? You could just go online or drop it in the mail. Go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. We have friends this month who have been matching everything dollar for dollar, and we really appreciate them with that incentive. And if you're not a part of the ministry, come join us today. You can call 888-888-1717 during West Coast business hours, or again, uh, go to theintentionallife.com. All right, Ron, we've only got two minutes left. So wrap us up here with a couple of really basic suggestions that we can do as blended families as we celebrate Christmas. You know, we wrote a book uh, with a couple of guys, The Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning. And one of the issues we talk about is this, you know, sometimes people will give biological children or grandchildren $100 gifts and only $50 gifts to the steps. You know, in a moment like that, we want to appeal to equity. You know, gift giving is never really equal. You don't give a 16-year-old the same thing you give of a two-year-old. You know, the dollar amounts are different, yet you're giving something that's developmentally appropriate and it still is warm to the heart to that two-year-old or to that that 16-year-old. Same thing's true of biological and step children. You want to give equitably uh, in a way that blesses them, that honors them, that communicates value and love to them. That's what you're going to ask people to do. Well, I I know, but I just got a long-standing relationship with the 16-year-old. I barely even know this nine-year-old step-grandchild. I don't even know uh, you know, what they like, or I realize it's awkward, it's difficult, and yet you want to give something to them that makes them feel valued. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, and uh, of course, you, you always have the issue sometimes where you have a Christian family and they're celebrating Christmas as a, you know, mm-hmm. as a, a holiday that we celebrate the birth of Christ. And you might have the other family saying, ah, uh, that doesn't, that's not true. And, and mm-hmm. uh, they take a different belief. And Again, I think you go back to the principles you were sharing earlier. As a blended family, you can only do what you can do. You love your right. kids. You right. care for your kids. You teach them the truth. Because I've always said, hey, kids are not dumb. When they grow up, they'll look back and they'll be able to separate truth from lie, uh, love right. from manipulation and all the things. Right. Uh, so be the kind of person in that family that you want your kids uh, to become. All right. Hey, Ron, thanks for joining us. And again, uh, Ron has a, a podcast Uh, on blended families that'll be very helpful for you uh, called uh, family life blended correct family life blended. that's where they find it and of course a lot of resources through family life blended as well and ron deal is the the chief in charge of everything over there uh, in the blended family (laughs) world so hey ron thanks for joining me today and i hope you have a great christmas with your family thank you very much merry christmas to you randy it's good to be here yeah you too and god bless you and thanks for being a part of our intentional living broadcast here at family life communications and also uh, for what you do through family life blended to help so many families uh, that need some encouragement and maybe today we got you thinking about some things the principles remember remember again uh, you always judge yourself by your intentions but others are judging you by their expectations all right have a great day we'll see you next time from intentional living